Are you amazed when people drive their vehicles for over 250,000 miles? How often should you change your engine oil? What techniques can improve your mileage? Would an expensive fuel injection cleaning improve your engine performance? This is Car Guy with Brett Beechler of Beechler's Vehicle Care and Repair. Find out how to substantially reduce your cost per mile and extend the longevity of your vehicles. Welcome to Car Guy with Brett Beechler on PeoriaLife.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Car Guy on PeoriaLife.com. My name is Greg McCoy, and I'm here with our host, Brett Beechler. How are you doing, Brett? Good, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm doing just wonderfully. Just wonderfully. here. And uh, of course, normally uh, our show is about cars and car repair and that kind of thing, and we have something a little different today. Yes. Uh, so the question is, what is the di- relationship between a car repair place and a food bank? Okay, so um, Jody Kano and mine, uh, Midwest Food Bank, mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago, and I thought, boy, it'd be really cool to do a show with Jody because Jody Jody brings a lot of energy to the table. I've seen her present <laughs> a couple times. She's super passionate about what she does. Um, my daughter and I have worked with the organization, and they're extremely beneficial to our community and beyond. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if? Uh, and I'll tell a little bit about our partnership at the end. But wouldn't it be great to bring Jody in? And what are the biggest challenges, I think, in a lot of these charitable organizations is getting the word out. And I thought, why don't we have Jody in, use this time to get the word out to at least my customer base about the Midwest Food Bank, how they can help, how they can contribute. Um, Jody can kind of be an artist over here and paint the picture of an artist what the Midwest Food Bank does. Hmm. Because when I went into it, when I first went into Midwest Food Bank, I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't know how big the operations were. I didn't know how much they impacted our community and beyond. Um, when I started learning about it, I thought, wow, this is really big. This is a really big organization. And the biggest challenge, and I think Jody would agree, is what I just mentioned is getting the word out in terms of what they do, how they benefit the community. So with that said, I want to kind of hand this over to Jody and you, and I'll, I'll listen in chime in on the conversation. I'll tell about our partnership with Midwest Food Bank. Um, but I'd like to introduce Jody Smith-Brown. I've known her for many, many years, but she's a fantastic representative of the Midwest Food Bank, and she can kind of tell her information on Midwest Food Bank and go from there. I appreciate right. morning, that. Thank Jody. you for the wonderful introduction. And I appreciate you not letting the listeners know that the reason you know me is because of the time I hit the coyote with my car and did quite that. a... Or no, it was the deer. Could have been a deer. Then it was the coyote. Yeah. You guys do great work at okay, Beach Lures, and so I you appreciate both you. both a deer and a coyote. I did. On the same day? I did. <laughs> no, but in the same time frame of having gotten beautiful new Cooper tires from Beachler. So <laughs> it was it was just a wonderful experience to break, come back and have it fixed once again. Yeah. A wonderful experience unless you're the deer or uh, the coyote. Or the coyote. This yes. is true. Yes. Did you serve them at the food bank? Did I serve them at the food bank? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. But that would have been a great suggestion. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for joining with us, Jody. <laughs> we appreciate uh, your time here today. So, why don't you just give us a little update on what the Midwest Food Bank is? Okay. How it started? Sure. Your involvement, so forth? Well, I'm the Director of Development, so I've come on board to hopefully, alongside Brett, raise awareness about what we do, why we do it, why we exist. Um, Midwest Food Bank was formed back in 2003 by a band of brothers out of McLean County. Band of Brothers. A Band of Brothers. It was Robert, David, and Paul Kieser. And they started collecting and distributing food 
out of uh, a machine shed on their farm. <laughs> and so as the need grew, you know, God's hand just said, hey, let's let's take this beyond uh, the Midwest. Um, and even though it's grown since then, the purpose has remained the same to uh, basically alleviate poverty and hunger in our community. Um, we live in a community in a country where there's a lot of excess. And so we take that excess of food that oftentimes can be wasted and we ensure that people who need it receive it. And we do so without cost to the recipients. So what is the, the reach of Midwest Food Bank? Is it just Peoria? Is it, uh, what, what area does it cover? We have multiple divisions. So we certainly have uh, the Peoria division, which is out in North Peoria. We have a division in Morton that helps us handle a lot of overflow and logistics between Peoria and Bloomington, our other division, which is where the McLean County initiative grew to. Uh, beyond that, we have divisions in Indianapolis, Georgia, Florida, East Africa, and one upcoming in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Wow, that's pretty extensive. Yes, the growth is remarkable when you think about the time frame in which we've existed. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean you have distribution points in each one of those places? We do have distribution points primarily in all places, um, with the exception of Morton being an overflow and a logistical site. They assist Bloomington with some of the distribution that they do. Um, but everyone else is distributing food. East Africa is unique in that, you know, obviously poverty looks very different in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and so what, what they're providing in East Africa predominantly are tender mercies, which are a rice and beans packaged product here um, that have also been recreated for that market so that um, indigenous products can be used to feed those in need. Uh, they are also partnering with a gator uh, corporation, and I'm going to botch this one, but hey, Gators, we are on the news right now, unfortunately. Um, but apparently, they're, it's probably crocodiles, huh? I'm Could shaking be. my head. Could yeah. Be. Well, anyway. We'll go with it. They're taking the meat, um, and they're able to produce that for young children in need to receive food that is much needed. So, And where is that? East Africa. East Africa. Kenya. Mm -hmm. Nairobi, wow. Kenya. Kind of botched that one. So to, we'll figure that so out to, later, though. So to interject here, these tender mercies, explain those a little bit, because I think it's so unique in the fact that they're these little packages. You put together four or five ingredients. They go in these sealed packages. When the recipient gets it, they just boil water. Correct. And that's all they need to do to, to make this. Absolutely. Pretty. So I have to kind of take you back to the inception of how it came to be. Um, our leader, Larry Herman, really had a vision to create a product that was shelf-stable, we could provide nutritious food, not mm -hmm. just food. And so he partnered with some local brilliance, uh, ADM and uh, the USDA or U of I um, Ag Lab. Mm -hmm. They created this product, which is basically rice and beans, TVP, texturized vegetable protein, um, and some vitamins enriched. And it was created... Uh, for a family of four. So for 55 cents, which is the cost of production, uh, we're able to feed a family of four, not only a, a meal, but a nutritious meal. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's probably Brett's first introduction mm -hmm. to Midwest Food Bank was coming in with a group. We, we see many, many groups mm -hmm. um, who come in to volunteer. And I think once you've experienced that and you realize the impact that you're making, 
it's a full circle blessing. Mm-hmm. So here you are realizing, wow, I'm going to feed someone, uh, maybe not even here locally, maybe locally, but maybe over in uh, another part of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it's really amazing how God has used this actual um, product to reach people and to really help the food insecure in our country. To me, when you volunteer to do something like that, it really makes you appreciate what goes on your table. It does. Because you sit there and go, oh, wow, this is somebody's meal. <laughs> very, very humbling to do that. So um, I encourage everybody, if they go do something like this, go volunteer for these guys. It, it's really neat to take your kids through it because your kids learn a perspective that they may not necessarily learn sitting at your dinner table. So, Absolutely. Sorry for the sidebar. No, it's 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 true. So, so let's take a local example for we're in Peoria. Okay. So how does it work in Peoria? What but, what happens in Peoria? What happens in Peoria is that on a monthly basis we have what's called a food distribution or what we like to call loadout. We have roughly two hundred plus two two o two two o four agencies nonprofits who are around uh, the state of Illinois who come to us to receive approximately $6,500 to $7,500 worth of food each month. Uh, Daily, we are distributing to some of the more um, need-based soup kitchens and shelters and missions. They come out, they might pick up bread daily or perishable foods daily that we pick up from local grocers. Um, We have... Uh, remote distributions from Peoria that go to the Quad Cities. We go to Oakville, Iowa. Uh, we have a remote distribution in Quincy and another in Harlan, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever been there? No. Okay. I've been to Kentucky, not to Harlan, Kentucky. So, so you don't actually operate food pantries as such where individual people walk in and, and get a basket of food and so forth. That is correct. We we do partner with the organizations who are in the front lines who do so. Um, We also provide disaster relief. And obviously, Mm -hmm. Tender Mercies is also going out throughout the country. Mm -hmm. So you're like an interface between the food pantry, where someone walks in and gets a basket of food, and on the other end, the people that have the food grocery stores, whatever. Absolutely. We are logistics gurus. And so we are partnering with uh, businesses and and global feeding initiatives to ensure that food does not get wasted Mm -hmm. and that it can go on the table of those in need. Interesting. So you work with a lot of uh, grocery stores. We do. Companies like, uh, I shouldn't mention any names because I don't know which ones work with you and which ones don't, but that type of thing. Uh, just out of curiosity, how do they handle expiration dates? That is a tricky topic. Well, in America, we have this thing called a best if uh, sell by date or best if used by. It's it's oftentimes not a clear expiration date unless it's um, a perishable or a product like milk or peanut butter. Oftentimes, canned goods are very good long beyond their best if used by date or best if sold by date. Uh, That just, from the consumer world, that just means optimally, you know, it's peak freshness, it's best taste, they can put their, you know, thumb of approval on it. But otherwise, canned goods are likely good well beyond their their Mm -hmm. sell-by date. Mm -hmm. But other things like lettuce, vegetables, milk. Perishables. Those are tough. Absolutely. Wow. Cool. So what is the need? A lot of people think we're in America, there's welfare, food stamps, uh, and so forth. Why do we need to do this? 
Well, we have far too many people in our communities who are food insecure. And food insecurity are households where they just simply do not have enough nutritious food to eat. In America, that should not be happening, of course. We have um, food that is wasted in excess of, you know, 30% of the supply is wasted. And so we take that food um, and other viable household products that folks can use and we transfer it to help them um, meet their needs. So in America alone, we have about $17.2 million households who are food insecure. And these are not just folks who are relying on government funding to exist um, for their sustenance. Oftentimes, these are people who are affected by health issues, Uh, folks who go to dialysis, for example. Mm -hmm. That certainly affects their livelihood and it affects their income. Um, The cost of medical supplies is kind of uh, expensive these days, as I think we can all relate Mm -hmm. to. Um, Or the grandmother who's taking in, you know, her young grandchildren when unfortunate circumstances hit a family. So we have a, you know, we have situations that are kind of situational and we have others that are uh, more long-term for folks, you know, our aging populations who are struggling to make ends meet. And we all know that everything's on the rise from our you know household utility bills to our gas mm-hmm. <laughs> to our car repairs no offense yeah. Brett but yeah. but things are on the rise and, and folks are having a really difficult time making ends meet so we're talking about financial issues we're talking about um, the logistics of making sure that this food that otherwise would be wasted goes where it can be utilized um, and and finance folks are just really struggling to make ends meet. So you do have some folks who live in communities where they lack access to healthy food um, or price appropriate food. I mm. think I just made up a new term. Like um, <laughs> you know, you, if you go into some of the more impoverished areas, communities, um, you'll find that that's where groceries are most expensive. And that doesn't really make sense, does it? Mm. But those are some of the realities of what we see. So you're looking at one in five kids who are struggling with food insecurity in America. Do you happen to work with schools at all? We do. Um, We work with schools both uh, in what we call uh, backpack programs. And those are actually for folks to administer for kids who maybe will go home on a weekend or in an evening and not have enough food to eat. There's someone administrating a backpack initiative likely in those settings um, that happen during the academic year. But we also work with a lot of out of school time programs, your boys and girls clubs, uh, folks who are really reaching into the lives of kids when they're not in school in the summertime and after school. And so they're also implementing some of these programs where these kids can take food home so that they have enough to eat when they're not, you know, engaged in programming. Hmm. So what is what is your impact on the community? And, and what if, if there's somebody in the community mm-hmm. that feels the need to hear this program, they say, I think that's a good thing. I want to get involved. What is the opportunity for that? The opportunity is um, obviously like Brett. You mm-hmm. can come in and volunteer. Um, we have opportunities Monday through Friday, 8.30 to, to Um, 4.30, anytime, we would love to have volunteers give us a call, schedule a group or schedule for themselves to come in individually. We need assistance with all things um, related to breaking down large loads that come in, organizing the products, um, getting things ready, uh, 
in boxes to get distributed at the street level. So for instance, we might get on a very beautiful, large quantity of pasta, but it's in these huge Gaylords. <laughs> and we need to break that down into a package so that it can be used by someone who's coming to a food pantry. So we have so many, I mean, from cleaning the toilets to, you know, packaging tender mercies. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really matter how old you are. If you're a child, obviously we need you to have an adult with you to help supervise that. But there really are just all kinds of opportunities to volunteer. Um, the other is obviously the financial support that's required for us to do what we do. Um, every truck that is driven to pick up food on our behalf is driven by a volunteer. Um, but there still needs to be fuel put into that truck for it to make its way to Pennsylvania to pick up those eggs that can come back to our community and our state um, or our region to distribute. Um, we certainly need the freezers uh, to stay on so that we're able to take the, the perishable goods and freeze them until the next loadout happens. So um, for every dollar that someone invests in Midwest Food Bank, that's going to provide $25 in food to our community, to those in need. So where does your funding come from? Private donations. Um, We have some uh, foundation grants, but predominantly it's from private individuals like yourself Hmm. who are giving at various levels, um, who maybe have come in and and volunteered uh, and been impacted by what they do and come regularly to volunteer and continue to support the mission um, to really bridge the gap between you know, prosperity and poverty. So we always need help in multiple ways, but we're always trying to balance the finance with the volunteers and the need. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I picked up from Brett that you're a pretty efficient organization in terms of finance. Uh, like you don't spend 75% of your income on uh, management. We do not. In fact, our management are volunteers. Um, our CEO is a volunteer. Um, our vice president is a volunteer. Our board members, obviously, many of them are volunteers. But for instance, our treasurer here at the local division, he comes in Monday through Friday, works 40 plus hours a week. He processes financial contributions while also being on the floor and driving a forklift to help organize all the products that come in. And we really couldn't do what we do and be as successful financially and be such good stewards with with each dollar if it weren't for the volunteers. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Are you church-related at all? We are a faith-based organization. Uh, We are are non-denominational. So folks of all walks of life are absolutely welcome to come into Midwest Food Bank um, and give of their time, talent, and treasure. Mm -hmm. We... um, certainly walk in faith. You know, we are believers in Jesus Christ. And, and so we are doing what we feel called to do. Um, but does that mean we would reject someone of a different faith? Absolutely not. We welcome anyone and everyone. Not only for volunteer, but also for people who receive help and so forth. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We are called to give and that's what we do. So we mm-hmm. take food in and we distribute that food back to those in need, regardless of who they are. And obviously, oftentimes, these are folks we don't typically meet. So we, we just want to be a blessing to them. Do you see any relationship between, say, the economy and the need for your services? Does it go up and down with the economy or is it steady or is, is it growing steadily? Or 
How, how does that all work out? Well, when you think about the, we just had a call yesterday from a gentleman from Alton, Missouri. And ironically, this week alone, we had another call from a gentleman, gentleman from Alton, Illinois, and it got a little <laughs> confusing. Um, the economy is certainly a factor. And the reason I bring up Alton is that we're getting calls from all over the country, places that have need. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a Native American uh, reservation in South Dakota that someone here locally is supporting uh, down to Mexico, but across America. Um, the economy is certainly impacting families. Um, employment and ability to find um, gainful employment is a challenge for some folks. The, the typical single parent situation or grandparents raising uh, grandchildren and then obviously the, the elderly community. So I certainly think, I guess I would, I would ask you that question. Have you felt impacted by the economy in any way? I think we all have. I think we all have. Yeah. Well, imagine yourself in the shoes of someone who mm -hmm. already was um, among the least of these, those yeah. who have little, um, and now they have less, mm -hmm. and they're really struggling. So absolutely, the, the economy is a factor. But I think there are some people out there that would say, why should I mess with this? There's welfare. There's food stamps. So I don't need to do anything. Well, that's a real philosophical, political, uh, controversial value that we could talk about. But I will say that folks who receive food stamps aren't able to make ends meet. Uh, they don't they don't stretch the entire month oftentimes. Um, and regardless of philosophically whether you believe in these entitlement programs or not, the reality is we're called to feed those in need. We're called to help the poor um, without expectation of return. And so that's what we do. Do you happen to see an increase in the need for food at the end of the month as people may be running out of these kinds of things? Um, it's very difficult at our level to assess because we receive um, what we call audit information at the end of a calendar year. And so it's difficult to look at um, month to month whether or not that's the case. I think that it would be safe to say, and research would support, that um, folks who are getting paid on the first by the end of that month are certainly struggling mm -hmm. to make ends meet and making decisions between the water, the lights and food and sometimes medication, medical care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So folks are really juggling and, and really struggling. And that's why sometimes they need the added buffer and the support of a food bank. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, do you have any particular number of food pantries that you work with in this area? By chance? We do. We work, Peoria's division works with roughly 275 pantries. 275? That would be... In this area? In this area, but beyond into the wonderful western side of Illinois and into a little bit of Iowa. Um, hmm. We're up into Burlington now and Oak, the Oakville, Iowa area and the Quad Cities, as I had mentioned, um, and a little into Missouri. But predominantly, those 200 plus agencies who come to us are going to be regionally situated around our area in our local community mm -hmm. from ladies who go on the riverfront and feed meals every week to homeless folk that they're building relationships with to the loaves and fish initiative down at the United Methodist church who have hundreds of people lining up every Saturday just to get a lunch. 
um, to the rescue ministries who take men in off the street and provide them with a safe, secure, and stable resting place and meal for the night or beyond. Um, so you work with all those? We, you, yes, we work <laughs> with the majority, I would say, of the nonprofits that exist in our region. Hmm. And what's interesting about that to me is that there's someone in that organization that knows we partner but I bet you if you went around and you asked all the executive directors or the CEOs or the presidents of these different, some of them are not aware that Midwest Food Bank is providing them with $75,000 worth of food to assist their budgets. Mm-hmm. So I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm going to try to put that to the test, I think, in the next few months and see if I'm right. And I'll, I'll come back and let you know. <laughs> so for individuals then who want to get involved in some fashion, um, to kind of summarize, what, what would you say to them? What, in what ways can individuals get involved? Wow. Well, first of all, they can go to Brett Beachler, and they can get their first oil, free, oil change free if it's the right kind of car, and he can provide those details. Um, because what he's doing is he's kicking us back um, that donation. So, Kickbacks? Well, maybe that's not the good way to put it. I don't know. (laughs) This sounds a little... I'll uh, let Brett talk about that. Yeah, I'll explain that a little bit. I'll take one minute to explain it. So what we used to do, folks would move into our area, and I'd send them a letter, and I'd say, hey, come and try us. Here's a free oil change on us. Just get to know us. Okay. So I don't know what stirred in my spirit that I was just like, I just didn't like this program. I didn't like it because... What you're encouraging people to do is go, you, you cheapen what product you have by giving away for free. So a few months ago, I approached Midwest Food Bank. I actually, it was Monica Schuer. Mm-hmm. And then she referred me to you because I didn't know you were there at the time. And you just came on board. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to partner with this organization and say, you write this organization a check. Instead of me giving you a free oil change, you come in and get your oil change. I'll no charge it, but I want you to write a check to this organization. A minimum of $20. And it's so cool because you kind of get to see people's heart. I had a lady walk in, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, and she walked in, and I kind of knew her from another business group, and she wrote a check for 100 bucks in Midwest Food Bank, and I thought, yeah. that to me is a generous heart. Um, so I, I wanted to get that whole stigma out of I'm giving away an oil change. Why not give it back to the community? I still want to have people come to my door. I still want people to experience what Beach Source is all about. But let's turn around and give it back to the community. And I chose this organization just because of their ability to give – most of it back to the community. So I, I have a, that and I have a little bit of a passion heart for it because my daughter and I went through and volunteered and um, the whole ball of wax. So um, anyway, if anybody's listening to this program, you know somebody that's never tried us before, you're, you're welcome to send them in. I've got business cards at the business that I've given a bunch of them to Jody. Um, I can hand you the business card and say, here, give it to a friend. And they write a check to the organization or they go online. I got a kind of cool little backlink on our website. They go online, they can donate uh, whatever funds above, you know, $20 or more above to the organization. So, um, with that, it's just, it's in my heart and I, I think it's a great organization. I totally believe in it and, um, they're doing great things. And yeah. we appreciate it. You're welcome. We love you, Brett. We do. So if there are any other businesses or business people out there listening, absolutely. Uh, might um, be a good uh, pattern. I, I think that I want, I guess, to leave today with, um, the knowledge that we exist to feed people, but equally as important, we are feeding people's spirits and having them come out and engage with the community and fellowship and getting involved and helping other people who may be less fortunate than themselves. Um, So as much as I would like to stand on my big Midwest food bank semi truck and say, feed the hungry, 
you know, let's alleviate poverty in our communities. Um, it's really about alleviating the poverty of spirit that folks oftentimes go through when they feel isolated. It's a beautiful thing when you see someone like Brett Beachler and his daughter come in and they have that wonderful time together to serve together, to mobilize, you know, each other. There's, it's beautiful to see a 12 year old um, immersed in a group of 80, 90 year old men who are wise and can teach this young man something. Um, it's just really a beautiful thing to mm. see the community positively impacted, not because they're being fed literally with food, but those who are being fed by having, you know, gotten engaged in an organization like Midwest Food Bank. It's almost like a form of a missions trip. It is a local missions trip. That's Absolutely. a very, very appropriate way to, um, to define it. Absolutely. So if there are church youth groups out there that are looking for a project or a missions trip, can't afford to go to Mexico, Yeah, this might be an it's, option. It's right here in your backyard. You come serve at Midwest Food Bank and you are serving um, at one of our nation's top uh, organization. We are ranked uh, nationally by Charity Navigator. We're, we're oh. in the top 10. Really? Um, if folks want to find out more about us, they can go to charitynavigator.org and it'll tell folks, why we are so great. So just as a bookkeeping note, uh, contributions to your organization are tax deductible or no? They are. They are. Okay. Yes. We are a nonprofit. Hmm. Wow. Well, Jody, thank you very much for joining us today. This has been very, I, I, I for one did not realize that your organization existed. I mean, I was very aware of course of food banks. Shame on you. But I didn't realize that you exist in, and it's interesting to note that you are the logistical link between the frontline food banks and people who have food, large organizations mm -hmm. that have food and, and making that system work better. So that's great. So thank you very much for thank joining you. us today. And Brett, thanks for bringing her in. It's been very Welcome. good. My so, pleasure. And thank you all out there for listening in again on the Car Talk, the special edition. So this has been the Car Talk or the Car Guy, sorry, Car Guy on uh, PeoriaLife.com. PeoriaLife.com.